The opinions expressed on the radio program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Genesis Radio, www.genesisradio.com, Genesis Radio's owners, management, or affiliates. It's a hard road to heaven. We call on your blessings. And the Father, we put our faith. Kingdom, the kingdom. Our demons are trembling. Holy angels defending. And the Father, we put our faith. I'm holding on, but I don't know if I can take it much longer. Today's the day that I put all of my trust and faith in you, Father. Please let this hate make me stronger. For they turn on me like a zombie. It's like I'm being strangled unconscious. When temptation is almost like Satan is you trying to take you away from your daughters Dang, a little bunch of painkillers on you Waving them in your face and them Watson's coming extra straight And that's why they make them in rectangular objects Cause that's the shape of a coffin Though it ain't medication this time But the devil's aching me on it I ain't gonna let him break me Cause I'm a soldier you can make on that promise Like the chamber of commerce So my savior I call on to rescue me From these depths of despair So these demons better step like a stair Because he is my shepherd I'm armed with Jesus My weapon is prayer Soon as I squeeze it I'm blessed like sneezes Call me Jesus I'm F in the head, maybe I'm bonkers, regardless, never claimed to be flawless, long list of mistakes I've acknowledged, all wish I would say something positive, well okay then, I'm positive, they'd rather trade with it Mayweather, cause they would fare way better with the mods than they would exchanging some bars of trading, any bars with shady, and it probably is painfully obvious to compare godliness to an atheist, but I got them audiences raving, and amidst my scrabbles, I got some awesome inspiration to draw from off of it's 2000 and 28, where are you? It's 2028. It's January 11th, 2028. Where are you right now? What are you doing? What are you listening to? What are you practicing? This is the Hustle Hour, and I am Mike. And I'm Diane. And what does it mean to practice? What does it mean to practice what we preach? You know, we talk about consistency a lot, and we talk about doing something until it becomes a habit. But what is practicing? We have to practice 
what we want to be. If we want to be something and accomplish something, we have to practice it. When I got into business, I thought that was the hardest part, getting into business. No, the hardest part is to stay in business. The hardest part is to stay in shape. The hardest part is to stay positive, stay disciplined. Man, this, this life is hard, but it's all about consistency. And what does consistency mean? It means to practice. What does practice mean? It means we can't ever let this stuff get to our heads. We can't let it get to our heads. We, we, we got to stop letting things get to our heads and we got to lead with our heart. That's where it gets tricky, you know. Um, you you think it's got like the physical is almost like the easy part, you know, the the getting up and working and you know sleepless nights and just there's so much on the go, so much to do, and I find that part almost is the easy part because it's such a mental game as well when you're doing all of that that that's the biggest obstacle like your body will just kind of do it but your mind is something that you have to conquer and that's really what you need to be sharpening and working on because that is that is what holds you back is your mind your body will do what your mind tells it to do you know and we could get so caught up in um, practicing and we can get so caught up in uh, not even practicing we could get so caught up in the day-to-day -day that we forget to practice we forget that we even have to practice we forget that we have to hone our skills every day that we have to keep changing with the times and this isn't just get good at it once and you're done right you know phys like that's why it's so like the physical part of being present but actually being present you know like yeah, you're there, but are you making it count? Are you are you using your time to your maximum ability or are you just like a warm body, a placeholder? You know, that's what I mean by like the physical and the mental. Like the mental part is are you are you, you know, receiving information and also giving it out? Are you doing everything you can do to be your best and like truly your best? Cuz you know, even the people with the most talent, they still have to stay stay with it stay up like on the trends stay with it like and just constantly one upping themselves because once you start you know you're never supposed to compare yourself to someone else and then once you know that you are constantly upping yourself and that is where it gets really hard but you have to remember that you are your competition so we watched rocky the other day and, and i've seen rocky you know probably a million times i love i love rocky i love his story you know, I can watch it at any point if it's on TV or it's a clip of Rocky. Like, I always just watch it. Like, I just, I love an underdog. Um, I heard something the other day and it said, you know, we got to stop calling them underdogs. They're just champions that are underappreciated. <laughs> so, you know, um, and I like that better because I can, I always consider myself an underdog. And, and when you keep yourself an underdog, you just keep a level head and you, you always keep yourself hungry. And we were watching Rocky the other day and, you know, for the first time I felt like, you know, because uh, when I watch a movie and I'm with somebody, I want them to watch it with me, you know, and because I love the story so much. And I felt like we've watched it before, but this is the first time you actually like watched Rocky 1. And Rocky mm -hmm. 1 to me is the best one. You know, I love when I, I get to see people where they start and, and them working for their dreams. 
you know and rocky one to me is is the best i love to see the the coming up i love to see where he he started and you know uh it's just a great story. Rocky is a great story. And then and then when you get to see how Sylvester Stallone had to actually make the movie Rocky, like it just gets makes that movie so much better. Uh, like, for example, the running scene in Philadelphia, that was, uh, he had no permits for that. And the running scene, and when the guy threw him the apple, it was actually unscripted, unplanned, and, he, you know, he threw it and, and ran it, and that was unscripted, but they kept it in the movie. You know, but, and he did it in one take. No one even knew what they were doing. Sure, he had to do it in one take. Yeah, so... Uh, we, we watched Rocky one the other day and, and, and you were like, wow, I, I really enjoyed it. You yeah. I feel it. like I've seen it, like, I guess not seen it, but you know, when you see something so many times or it's more of like a background for you, like I am reading a book when it's on or I'm on my phone or I'm texting somebody. I feel like when the TV's on, like it's such a like secondary sense for me. Like it's not first and unless I'm really watching it and not falling asleep, but I felt like I was really paying attention to it. And I don't even know what part kind of triggered that, but something happened in it that I was watching it. Yeah, so you brought an interesting part. Now I've seen it, like um, my point of this is I've seen this movie so many times and today we had a conversation and you were like, you know, as the champion, cause Apollo Creed, you know, as Rocky's training and they're interviewing Rocky in the meat uh, factory, you know, he's he's punching the, the raw cow right the raw beef and he's boxing it and and you hear him boxing and boxing and boxing and you see and they they pan to apollo creed and apollo creed is sitting in a chair he's he's on the phone he's doing business talking yeah. to his manager you know writing in his little notebook and he's and he's Making he's on the go deals. he's doing business deals and stuff like that and his trainer is watching the tv and he's like yo creed you gotta watch this you know and in the background you hear yeah chump i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready you know and and rocky is out there he's hungry he has nothing he has nothing to lose and you know in life we can't get to a point where when we're winning and we're the champion we can't get to a point that where we forget you know where we came from we can't forget that we once had that hunger and how did we become champion you can't stay champion and not be hungry you can't stay champion and forget where you came from you can't all of a sudden make it and think you've made it mm, but it's just that mentality of i'm the champ like i'm the best you know why do i have to train why do i have to do anything i don't want to do because i am the best so it's and that's exactly that is what happens to people who think like that because there's somebody who is going to outwork them and that's exactly what happened you know you think i'm that's it like there's nobody yeah, better than me and in the movie rocky's goal his goal his vision was to just finish the fight finish the fight he was go, glad he had a go fight. all the rounds yeah. no his dream was to he told adrian you know he's like i just imagine you know me you know, going the distance with Apollo Creed, the greatest fighter in the world that will show me who I am mm -hmm. if I just last to the end of the fight. And then what happens? The last round, he gets knocked down. Rocky gets knocked down by Apollo Creed. They're both sweaty. They're both bleeding. They're both tired as anything. You know, Rocky falls down and Apollo Creed turns around, puts his arms in the air like he won. And then Rocky still gets, everyone's telling him to get down stay down because mm -hmm. he's he's so hurt right and then he gets up and then apollo creed turns around sees him they finish the fight it's over and and that just shows you that you know someone who was hungry he manifested 
himself, saw himself finishing the fight. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, and he trained exactly like he was going to train so he could finish the fight with Apollo Creed. And Apollo Creed went into that just thinking, I'm just going to beat this guy, you know? I'm giving somebody a chance. Mm -hmm. I'm giving a nobody a chance. And you got to watch out when you do that. Yeah, because you just never know. You never know. That's wild. Yeah. So I love I love Apollo Creed's uh, character. I love Rocky. Um, you know, and I I just love that series. So that was a great moment. Um, and and you can't ever let your head get too big. And you always have to practice. You always have to practice like you're a beginner. You always have to go back to the basics. You can't forget who you are. You can't forget where you came from. You know, like, and and it's so easy with success to let it go to your head. It's so easy with success. You know, you've cooked a thousand burgers before and they were perfect. It's easy to get a big head that you are the burger king and that you can cook all of these burgers and you are the best, you know, or... Or you're in business and, and you have all of these, you know, businesses and you're the best because you're success. You you took years to build something. You It can be taken away from you in a moment when someone else who is hungry out there works harder than you and works because they have nothing to lose. So you always have to stay sharp. You always have to keep your mind right. You always have to put yourself through that struggle in life so you don't forget where where you, you came from. You know, I was told by my trainer, um, he told me a story about his friend. And uh, he said, you know, his, his friend, very successful boxer and gym owner. And he said, you know, his, his head got so big, he opened up three, four gyms in one year got celebrities to endorse him. His head was so big and he felt him, his career slipping away, S just slipping away. So what did he do? He went back, flew himself back to Brooklyn, New York, and he went and rented an Airbnb that was, you know, not the best Airbnb. And he ate what he ate when he was in, you know, up and coming. He ate beans, rice, and made himself feel what he used to be when he started and he said it put him in the mindset and remember he remembered where he came from you know and i feel like it's very important sometimes to put yourself in positions where you are broke you are struggling you are remembering where you came from so you can remember that hunger that you had you know because where you are right now you might you might have been dreaming of that before and you're there now and what keeps you motivated now? What keeps you consistent? What keeps you disciplined? You've made it. You know, you used to dream of moments like this in your life. And now you're there and you're ungrateful. You don't appreciate it. So sometimes, you know, losing it a little bit or feeling like you're going to lose it um, is exactly what you need. So, you know, ex especially if you want to grow, you have to get that hunger back. You can't stay comfortable. And it's amazing that he could remember that that was going to be such a positive and like profound trigger, you know, like that that was what it was going to take for him to go back to that and like kind of recharge and like get going again. Just because certain music, like foods, like certain smells, like there are just certain things that would like just transport you. So, you know, good on him for finding it because not everybody can 
go back and find what it is that they were missing and they make big mistakes. Yeah. And if you're on the up and coming, you have to use that hunger. You have to use that emotion that you have right now. You have to use that, you know, as motivation to get you to the next level. And, you know, you can't ever, and when you're going through it and you feel that struggle and you feel that emotion, don't forget it. Write it down. Tell yourself how you were feeling in that moment so you can use it later when you do have success, you know, and, and staying consistent with something is, is some, is one of the hardest things in business, in fitness, in 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 anything. It's staying consistent. When something is new and exciting, you know, that's the easiest part. You know, when I first got into business, I I loved being the business owner. I loved having that title that I gave myself. I loved everything about it, you know? But even that feeling dies off. And then what? You have to stay consistent in business to be in business. You have to do this every day. You have to do this every day. You have to make the decisions every single day. You have problems every day. In life, we have the same exact thing. We have relationships. We have marriages. We have our fitness journey that we're on. You know, they say in a fitness journey, if you're starting, which everybody should start today, there is no date and time on your health. Start now. But they say if you get past six weeks, six weeks is the threshold. If you get past and up to six weeks of working out, it's it stops becoming such a uh, struggle and you start to see res- little results and you start to feel better about it. And it's easier to go to the to the gym or wherever you're going after six weeks. And that is you know, obviously it's give or take of a few weeks, but you have to get to six weeks before you start feeling good, before it becomes a habit. And they say like 45 days is, is something that you have to do uh, before it becomes a habit. So it's, but even six weeks, you can't look at something and say, okay, well, six weeks, I'm going to do this now for six weeks. And that's my challenge. No, no, this stuff isn't a challenge. This is, this is a lifestyle. You want to change your life. So you have to do it. You know, you can have these small goals, you know, to run a mile, you have to do a lap. But we have to constantly be pushing ourselves so we can push our goals bigger. We can push on to another month, another six months, another year. Before you know it, you're living this different life. Right, because you go from not... You know, it's not a part of your life. It's not something you're doing all the time. So it's it's new and uncomfortable and maybe you're getting up earlier or you're going after work. So it's like something that you're trying to acclimate yourself to. But then I'm guessing after that, that six week point, it now becomes something like you yearn for. So it's still hard to get up and it's still hard to like make myself get going on certain days. Like I, you know, it'll, it's cold or it's raining or whatever excuse I want to conjure. I was up really late or whatever my problem is, but I find I feel worse if I don't go. You know, I, I, I like, I yearn for it. Like, I want to be productive in the morning. I want to go to the gym. Like, it does make me feel good. And when I don't go, it affects me in a different way. So I think like that's probably what happens. Your mind is just, you almost miss it and you you like, you like just want that to be a part of your day. And when it's not, you beat yourself up about it and then you think, okay, I'm not gonna do that again because I did not have as good of a day and, that's, and it was just in my thoughts throughout the day. Like I wish I would have worked out today. 
Yeah, I don't know if anybody else does this, but I was running on the treadmill the other day. And as you know, if you've been listening and following the Hustle Hour, you know that I'm on this running journey. Um, and it's been absolutely amazing. I love running. I have different running sneakers, uh, running socks. I mean, you name it, I have it. <laughs> it makes um, for a good workout. It makes for a good workout. So um, I've been running. And when I'm running, you know, it, and, and anybody that runs I, that I talk to, they li- we literally go through the same kind of mental game, mental toughness, um, you know. But the what I do when I'm running is, is I'm... Like I had a run the other day and, and we and I did four miles and uh, you know it was just one of those days it was it was cold out I was so super comfortable under my covers on my pillow just I was not going anywhere and I was frustrated I was frustrated because when I woke up like I was frustrated that I am this way I am I was frustrated that I am disciplined I was frustrated that I I do want to go to the gym it was one of those days where I did not want to go at all but it was. I wrote down in my journal that I have to go and this and that. So like I'm holding myself accountable, but I'm mad at myself. So I get to the gym and I'm, and I'm running on the treadmill and I'm going through the first mile and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling the first mile. And what I did this day, I decided to up my pace. So my pace is usually like a warm up pace and then I go faster and faster or whatever. So I just started off at, at a very high pace. And I'm the kind of person that when I start at a pace, like I can't lower it. I have to keep continually going higher or stay at that pace because just just how my mind works, I'm not going to slow down. I'm going to keep going and finish wh- what I started. So I'm running at this high pace and I'm telling myself, all right, so I'm just going to quit after this mile because I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's too hard for me, you know, um, and it's, it's a very hard pace to keep up for four miles. And I'm just going to. But then I said, you know, am I really going to wake up at five in the morning and come run? for one mile so i'm fighting with myself the whole entire time on this first mile and just when i'm running i like to uh you know stare into the distance stare at something on the wall or just and just really focus and and get my mind right and 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 sometimes i'm just thoughtless but this day i was just so frustrated and fighting with myself the whole entire run like why am i doing this i can't you know and then and then you know one mile is not enough, so I have to go to two miles. And then I'm two, within two miles now, and I'm just unfocused. I'm worried about the next person on the treadmill or the other person lifting and who's lifting wrong and this and that. Just unfocused, not wanting to do this run. And then just something clicked for me, and I'm like, why am I fighting with myself? Why don't I just get the job done, focus, get the job done, and go home happy? You know, like I do have goals. I do want to accomplish my goals. But a lot of the times I get in my own way. Most of the time it's me versus me, you know, in this world, in this life, in business, and even on my fitness journey. So mile three, I get it together. I focus and I was able to finish the run. But it just like I always say on on this show, especially and what I tell people is running has taught me so much about myself. Running has taught me so much about how the mind works and how my mind works and to understand myself a little bit more. But then when I talk to other people going through it, you know, we we all kind of have similar stories of what you're going through and how you're talking to yourself. And it's it's mind boggling. 
it's the hard part, you know, like the physical part, you're, you're there, you're gonna do it, but it's just, it's conquering your mind and just, you know, making it do what you want it to. And it's just, it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. You know, I had someone the other day say, you know, on the hustle hour, it was actually a comment on, on TikTok. They said, you know, you say the same thing all the time. And, you know, the, my only answer to that is I'm a very consistent person. You know, like I, <laughs> what I preach about is who I am. You know, I talk about a lot of the same stuff, but maybe you need to hear a lot of the same stuff. Maybe you haven't started your journey yet. Maybe you have to be disciplined more. You know, like this stuff keeps me disciplined. I have to do this show every week or I don't feel disciplined. I don't feel consistent. You know, I... I'm letting you know that you need more of it in your life because I need more of it in my life and I live a life of consistency and discipline and setting small goals, hitting big goals, um, you know, and maybe I do say a lot of the same stuff. Maybe it's very hard to listen to me, but maybe, you know, one day you'll come back to me and say, wow, he's saying the same thing. Yeah, I'm saying the same thing. You know, I'm on this journey. I'm on the road um, of, of just success, you know, just recently, I, I just remembered where I came from and I'm like why did I forget why was I steering away from it it's such a good story it's such a good story of how my start was it's it's just like anybody else's you know just it's similar you know like working a regular job working odd and end jobs here and there and and just finding yourself and someone discovering you and someone believing in you and just my pure work ethic got me where I am Oh, there's, I feel like when it comes to thinking back on your past, there are certain things that like, they can make you feel almost shameful or they'll be like embarrassing. And I feel like enough time has to go by for you to be able to actually look at it and accept it for being a part of you and a part of your past. And like once you can kind of disassociate from that in a weird way, it's like all good then and it just becomes a story and just a person that you once were. And and honestly, if you've met me years ago and then you see me now, like I'm not the same person. So like, I feel like when people see you again, they're, they, they want you to be this certain person that they knew and they're just meeting me for the first time. They're yeah. not meeting that same person. You know, they have one story on me or they have one thing on me and that's what they'll say for the rest of their lives. But I'm not that person anymore. I'm not the same person that I was yesterday. I'm, I'm always learning. We're always evolving. I'm always, you know, just becoming a, a better person because I push myself to be a better person. Right. And then there's all there's also like other people and like family members who will just really bring out something in you that no one ever sees. You know, like I know when I get around like any of certain cousins or my aunts, like they definitely make me feel way more youthful. They make me feel more playful. They make me I feel different and I am different around them. You know, they just know a different side of me. So I feel like there are also those people who bring out so much light in you, but then there's other people who know a different side of you entirely and they might not know me anymore because they've had only right. those small, you know, situations with me. Yeah, when I went through my dark ages, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I lost everything in my whole entire life. <laughs> not your if, dark ages. If you met me in that part of my life, like, you know a whole other person. Yeah. That's not me. Right, for sure. You know, I, I worked very hard to get out of that and, and be that. So it's it's this other person. And, and sometimes the people that liked me then in my dark ages, 
I can't talk to them anymore and they can't talk to me because they just want to remember me as that. Mm -hmm. They want to remember me as that, that loser, you know, and that, that partier, that person who was just wild, you know? Right. There's so many people I haven't spoken to in so long and they're just like kind of part of a chunk of just like a wild, selfish time and uh, where fun was always the goal, you know, and then you figure out like there's a lot more to life than just one aspect of it. So, but I feel like I, I haven't come in contact with a lot of people, but if I did, I don't even know what the conversation would be like. I'm sure, you know, like there's a lot of things you can't really talk about with people when you don't relate to them anymore. Yeah. It's part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they definitely, it's probably best that I don't really see them or talk to them. They get to stay in that little chapter, you know, and that's where they live. That's where they live. That's where they that's live. That's how they know you. Forever young. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember when I was 19 or 20. So I went to, I, w I always hung out with, not I always, when I moved out, I hung out with 21, 22, 23, 24 year olds. Mm. And we went to this uh, dance club bar <laughs> and we walked in, it was in a hotel. <laughs> and I remember walking in and my eyes immediately went to a girl with pink pants on. <laughs> I didn't know pink this was gonna pants. be my story. This is your story. I didn't think it well, was. Who else would I talk about? Well, cause you said a hotel bar. Well, you know exactly where it was. I know, I didn't know why you weren't calling it by its name. So I walk in and I see a girl dancing in these hot pink sweatpants. That sounds like me. And a wife beater. Then. And a wife beater. And I, I immediately went to everybody. I was like, whoa, because they knew everybody because I wasn't allowed everywhere. And they got me in because I was with them. I was underage, but I got in. And I was and definitely I was underage. Definitely, because you're younger than me. So I, I remember going in and, and, and just seeing you and i was like who is that i was asking everybody and immediately everyone's like yo don't talk to her she's a bitch <laughs> and i was like damn i just wanted to have fun and i didn't want to be bothered by guys all the time and you know they're just everywhere and they just don't let you have fun sometimes so i remember just getting a drink and just remember watching you dance like a like a creep just watching you <laughs> and i was like man you know and then creep. what you weren't a creep yeah you could say that now but uh so i was just watching you and i always wanted to know who you were what your name was and then like we always had these instances where we would bump into each other yes. in stroudsburg yes you know i remember going to it's a small town though so it's like it was right. bound it was bound to happen to circle back so you know we would always we were always we were going through that fun time when we were young mm -hmm. separately but at in the same town yeah. So it's like we would always bump into each other at these most random spots. And, you know, I was whoever I was with at the time, I was getting in trouble for talking to you. And whoever you were with, you were getting in trouble for talking to me. So it was very quick it's if very we weird. did have an exchange of words or anything. It was very weird. Yeah. You know, so I remember seeing you at uh, this, this bar and I would go to the bar to get a drink uh, just to see you. And you would send, you would actually leave the bar. Oh, the one I worked at. Yes. Yes. And you would actually leave the bar and send someone else in there because you couldn't stand me so much. Yes. You were, yeah. Because you were always like telling me who I look like and just making like, you know, this like flirtatious, weird banter with me. And I didn't know what to do with it. So I was like, I'm just not going to deal with it. 
<laughs> I would just have another bartender come over and serve right. you. So I was, I would be like, <laughs> where did she go? Oh, she's over there. <laughs> Why is she over there? You know, so I would always come in to see you. You had bleach blonde hair. You were yeah, so tan because I know you were driving to the beach all the time. Uh, I would go to the beach on Tuesdays, every Tuesday in the summer. <laughs> like, we, it was just crazy. You know, and then, like I told last episode, uh, my, you know, so we were bumping into each other all the time mm-hmm. in, in, in our town, you know, and uh, kind of with hanging around the same people but yeah but not but not ever really hanging out no you know and then it's not until our liquid days where we actually were forced <laughs> forced yes. to hang out because we were at work to speak and there was nothing more than i wanted than to be forced to hang out with with you you know sometimes i think you know in these beginning stages like guys just like to be told off and just given no hope you know like no, 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 thank you. No. And then what became walking me to my car just became a completely different situation down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was the bouncer and I made the manager. I was like, I was like, hey, and I, and I would talk to him and I'd say, Greg, can you tell everybody that I'm going to start walking everybody to their car? Because I think it's dangerous out there. <laughs> And he was like, you know what? That's a great thing. You are the bouncer. You should walk everybody to the car. And I'm right. like, yes, I will get a chance to walk Diane to her car. So now it was a rule that I had right. to walk everybody to And of course, I was cars. like, I don't need anyone to walk me to my car. I'm okay. And you're like, no, that's all so right. So I would, she was the <laughs> only one that would give me a ride back after I gave, after I Did walked I? her to her car. Yeah. You were the only one. And I would get in your little scion. I thought it was the right thing to do because it wasn't parked so close. Right. So I she, I would get in her little scion that was extremely dirty. With I loved all of her clothes. I loved that car. I worked hard for that car. I bought that car on my own. So it still she, lives. She would drop me off the back of liquid, and then I would I would go back to work, and I was just first off so happy that I got to be in her car, so happy I got to walk her to her car, and I would come in, and Greg would be like, "Wow, you're you are smiling ear to ear." <laughs> You know, and uh, slowly but surely, you know, I, I, you know, would get you coffee. I went and got your car oil changed. I would just randomly do things um, for you. Random, yeah. I um, remember. I remember. So you want to talk about consistent. <laughs> she, she gave me probably about 1,000 no's before I got a yes. I did. And I never gave up. And, you know, I married her. You know, look at you now. Look at me now. Um, so... You know, when you really want something, when a, when a man really wants something, he's going to come after it and he's going to get it. You know, there's no games. There's no excuses. It doesn't matter what he's been through in the past. It doesn't matter. When he wants something, he's going to come and get it. Um, and ladies, that's a, that's a big message for you because, you know, even nonchalantly me talking to people about this and that and hearing what these guys are doing, it's 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 because they don't, they don't really want you, you know? And that's okay. There's a million people out there in the world. You know, and you're going to have those relationships. You're going to have those relationships where they, there are games that we've all done it. We've all been there. We've all played them. But, you know, don't get too serious in that relationship. If somebody wants you, they're going to want you. And you're going to know it because they're going to make it known. And they're going to take it serious. And the ones who just don't put any effort in, you know, there's no reason to reciprocate that. So it's kind of, make they make it easy. No, and they just take it out. So it's like, okay. Bye-bye. Moving on. 
Yeah, and I remember uh, a couple months after we were dating, she emptied her bank account and she uh, bought me a Miami trip and we went to Miami together and it was the most unbelievable trip. It's where we actually fell in love. You know, that trip was, so I was bartending and living at home and making, I was making so much money at that age. I was making so much money. I wouldn't even go to class because I didn't want to miss a shift at work. I'm like, am I really going to not... You know, it was just such a weird time. So I was making all this money. I must have got us, like, you can't even do this anymore. We went to Miami. We stayed right on South Beach for the weekend. Round trip tickets and that hotel stay for like a total of like $800 for like two people. Right, which is a lot back then. And I don't want to say back then. Not for me, though. It wasn't for me because I was making, I was making like one, four, $500 in a night. Right. So, you know, we go down to Miami, we stay on Collins Avenue in this little boutique uh, motel, and it was... One light worked in the room. Oh my God, it was horrible. It was it was one bed in there, and I could I could open the closet door of my... I thought I was in my... It was a dorm room almost. It was, it was hard. That's what Anyways, it felt like. But let me tell you something, that trip was the most amazing trip. If you haven't been to Miami, and, and I don't know if you... It, it's just, it's electric, you know? It's cultured. There's so many different kinds of people there. I was... I, I just fit in when I went to Miami. There's so many different. And when you're broke, you find everything to do. Like there is just, we were on like a party bus. We were in a limo. We had, we were paying like almost nothing for VIP at like some kind of pass for all these clubs and bottle service. Like the amount of different things we were able to do. I don't even know how we managed it. But somehow we did, because by the time I bought the tickets and everything, like, what did I even have? I have $100 to my name. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll make that next week. I went there with like $85 yeah. and you went there with like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and we went, we had the best time. We had, time. So we, had we ate pizza and hot dogs. It's the so best pizza and hot dogs ever. Oh my God. You know, it was so much fun. We, we've been back so many times. We actually got married on South Beach yeah. on the Fountain Blue uh, Beach. Um, and years later, so it's something that you know we we put our footprints down there, uh, and we you know it's on our marriage license. We got married on on South Beach, amazing, oh, so fun. you know. So it's something that you just got to go with the flow. You never know what's gonna happen. You never know who it's who you're gonna meet. And and the story of of me getting the job at, at Liquid was you know just somebody my roommate giving up a shift because he wanted to go out for the weekend and he wanted to party he didn't want to work and i needed the money so i was like i want to get in there so yeah give me the one day and i went there i worked there one shift and boom i got the job and i it led to so many things in my life because i took it seriously and i didn't just take it as a two-day shift week job you know i took it as something serious i met my wife there i i, I found a, a business mentor i made a whole life on this my whole business is on this and you know you never know when your life is going to change you never know who's watching you you never know what your work ethic is going to attract and who it's going to attract who you'll meet you know you never know a situation so when you don't want to show up just show up when when you want to quit don't quit you know there's there's a lot of times when i thought my day job was going to be the thing that got me you know where i can and have a good life so i thought a lot of the times about quitting bouncing in general i bounced at like four or five different places and my parents would say no you know like i think that you should keep your bouncing jobs because it's extra money it's extra cash you have you always have money in your in your pockets and you never know who you'll meet and they were the ones to give me that advice and it was such good advice because look where it led to in my life and it's it's so important that we do have good people 
in our lives and that we do bounce advice off of because you always want to hear other people's opinions and advice. You don't always have to take it, but it's something to have good parenting, good people around you, good mentors, uh, because you want to bounce ideas off, you know, uh, having a good partner in life. My, you know, Diane is, is, is someone who I bounce off everything off of, and she's always giving me good advice. And sometimes her advice, I take her advice and most of the time I do. And sometimes I don't and, and vice versa. Like you just want to always have someone to talk to, but you know, always show up. It means just show up, you know, always show up, always be present, always be around, always, always let people see you always, you know, make sure that when you are doing something, you do have pride in your work, whatever you do, have pride in it, feel good after you do something that you're going to, you know, make a change in your work. You know, there's so many people who just go with the flow and they don't put any pride into the work. You know, like I remember I was pushed off a black diamond skiing for the first time ever. I fell down the whole slope. My skis were up top at the top of the, the ski slope, you know, and I remember, you know, and, th and that led to me being a ski instructor for four years. And it taught me so many, so many things being a ski instructor, you know, like I got to meet so many good people. It was one of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, and it showed me different things. Like, for example, like when it snows around here, a lot of people call off of work, close their businesses. In the ski world, we text each other how exciting and how much snow we're going to get and, and how are we going to get to work and this and that. Can we carpool or can, will your car make it there? You know, I used to drive a little hoopty 88 Honda Civic where two doors worked, even though it was four doors and only my driver's side window worked the other three windows did not work and they were roll downs, right? And I would just get new tires on my car to be able to drive to Camelback Mountain so I can go and ski. And nowadays, you know, people live around the corner and it starts to flurry. They call out the night before, you know, like we, we have to get a little bit stronger at, in society and we have to, you know, it used to snow and I used to go out in my car to do donuts and, and, and have fun in my car. I would teach myself in the snow how to drive by messing up in the snow, by getting stuck in the snow. You know, those are the things, those are the struggles that we have to put ourselves in to become stronger as human beings. Like there's it's so much sensitivity out there and there's so you have to be so sensitive and neutral to everybody and it's very very dangerous you know i would i believe that these little white lies that we have to tell everybody so they're happy is more hurtful in the long run than someone being real to them and telling them real facts and real um, information in the moment it might hurt and sting in the moment but you know what that realness is gonna is gonna it's going to sting, but it's going to be really good for you where these little white lies that we have to tell in society so we don't get canceled or we don't, you know, say the wrong thing. These are hurt. This is hurting the society. That's why realness is really big right now. I feel like more people need to be real. More people need to stop saying these little lies. So everybody it makes everybody happy and giddy in the moment. Like, and we have to, you know, become stronger as a society. And I think it's coming. Yeah, you know, it's it is a difficult situation to navigate because you have people who are so used to being just like, you know, the kid gloves and handled that they don't know that it's okay to disagree with someone like the immediate reaction now is to cancel someone, close them down, never go there again. It's almost like you are not allowed to have your own opinion and you must go, you must be thinking the way everybody else is. 
Because even if you were thinking wrong, you would want to be able to express what your opinion is, whether that's wrong or right. And maybe someone there is going to talk to you about the situation and make something make sense, you know, instead of just kind of canceling you, moving you out of the way and it's over. You right. know, so it makes it just, it doesn't make sense. If you really cared about what someone was saying and you wanted to change their opinion or their, or their viewpoint on it, you would elaborate on that situation or the conversation more. You wouldn't just push it to the side. It just seems like the easy way. You don't agree with me, I'm done with you. Right, losing is good, failing is good, doing something wrong is good, being told that you did something wrong is good. All of this stuff is good, losing is good. You know, my whole life, you know, I, I wanted to be in a, on the all-star team. I, I didn't make it on the all-star team. I wasn't good enough. I lost then. You know, I wanted to be on the basketball team. I didn't make it. Losing. Lo I lost. You know, two years later, I made it on the basketball team. I was so excited. But then I got to the basketball team and I wasn't good enough to play. So I was the water boy. I was the towel boy. I was the go get this boy. I was hold the balls boy. I was, that's what I was, you know, but all of that is good. It shapes you who you are. You know, I remember my one time I'm at a practice and uh you know nobody could get the drill down the, the 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 play down and and the the coach was like who who could do it and i raised my hand but i knew that i didn't know the 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 play but i just wanted to play i just wanted to play basketball and he puts me in and the, they run it one time he blows the whistle and he's like mike get out of here this is why you're the water boy on this team because i gave you a chance right now and you didn't do it you know, some of us are just raising our hand in life and we don't actually know what we're doing. You know, so it's like prepare yourself, prepare yourself for the opportunity. So when the opportunity arises, you're ready to go. If you're never ready, if you never practice, if you're not honing your skills now, you're waiting for the right moment. Guess what? When that moment comes, you're going to friggin lose and you're not going to be ready to go. So it's one of those things. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we work out. That's why our mornings are, are should be a struggle. And that's why it should be the hardest time of, of, of your whole entire day. If you have a hard morning, your day is easier. And that is just a fact. I could tell you that because I, I make my mornings the hardest possible, you know, and I'm just trying to figure out other ways to make them more difficult for myself. And it's going to be because soon you'll be up at like 4 a.m., maybe before yeah so you know that's what i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of weak sensitive people and i just don't want to be around it anymore you know i want to be around champions who are strong who lift me up who have my back i want the team the best team that I've ever had, I'm going to build it around me. I'm going to put people around me, but I want people that are saying that they put Mike Tepidino in their, on their team. Mm -hmm. You know, like I want that guy. I want to be picked first. I'm always honing my skills. I'm, I don't know who's going to be watching this, who's going to be watching me, who's going to be watching you. And that's why I always want to be my best. I always want to be working on myself. I never want to forget where I came from. I always want to be the best I can be. I want to be ready to go. So when I get put in the play, I can just perform. And I'm always ready. And a lot of us forget this. We get too comfortable. We get a job. And we just want to go out and party. We want to give up our shifts to party. And we forget. 
Right. You forget what's a priority, you know, and what we want to prioritize to move you in the right direction. A lot of times everything is so surface and you want you want this and you don't really think farther into it. What's going to get you there? What you need to change? What you need to continue doing? There's so much that goes into play when you want to move forward in your life. And it's it's yes, it starts with one step, but you just don't take one step and you're there. You have to continually make those steps and those changes. And a lot of times it's they're they're very big changes in the beginning. The hustle hour challenge is to, for 30 days, do a one minute plank. One minute a day. What's one minute of your life? One minute of your day. One minute plank for 30 days. That's it. Did we start at a minute when we did our, when we started? Started a minute. That's the challenge. Just watch what happens when you start doing a minute a day. I guarantee you, you'll start doing other things. I just want you to change one minute of your day for thir- the next 30 days. Just one minute a day. Start with one minute. One minute plank for 30 days. And I'm going to change your life. Tag us. Hashtag hustle hour. But uh, we're always glad to be here. This is a great day. Remember, today is January 11, 2028. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? That's five years from now. What are you going to do today that's going to change that date? I love doing this show. I love the Hustle Hour. I love coming to Genesis Radio with Terry. Thank you so much for producing. Thank you, Terry. Um, Thank you to this studio. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I can't wait for this year. Thank you so much. This has been the Hustle Hour. I am Mike. I'm Diane. Thank you.